Welcome to Montrose Podcast, the official podcast of Montrose School here in Medfield, Massachusetts, where girls are called to greatness. I'm your host, Mary Cahill Farella, and I'm very happy that you can join us. Maybe you're an avid supporter of Montrose, a current parent, or a friend of the school. Or maybe you're new to Montrose, an independent school for girls in grades 6 through 12, inspired by the teachings of the Catholic Church. Here, young women achieve academic excellence in a rich liberal arts environment by developing enduring habits of mind, heart, and character. Thanks for joining us as we explore topics that highlight the power of a Montrose education and how it affects the world around us. Welcome to Season 3 of Montrose Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode celebrating Commencement 2020. How to have a graduation during a pandemic is a perplexing challenge indeed. Despite the many hurdles to having anything even resembling a traditional graduation, the Montrose community pulled together to realize the dream of an in-person, physically distanced event on the Montrose campus that would let the class of 2020 know just how special they are. With as many faculty and staff in attendance as possible, graduates and their parents were joined by many more teachers, family members, and loved ones virtually. They had a lot to take in, having not been to campus in months. The scenery, the smiles that even face coverings couldn't mask, and the reality that they really were graduating. Keynote speaker Melanie Francis, Vice President and Chief of Staff in the Office of the CEO at Akamai Technologies, and proud parent of Montrose alum Lauren Francis, shared her words of wisdom and encouragement. Seniors Sarah Ling and Sophie Cocho also addressed the audience, sending their classmates forth with big smiles and grateful hearts. We'll get to their speeches in a bit, but first we have a one-on-one conversation with Melanie Francis. You mentioned the need in your speech for having the skills of a generalist and the value of a liberal arts education that you see every day. How do you see that play out in your role at Akamai Technologies? Oh, it plays out uh, certainly every single week because while the the primary skills that I would bring to the table would be that of a of a business person, that of a person with with a, a heritage in technology and in marketing, so you know business and technology skills. Um, the way that we need to operate in this world is to understand how this world is actually working, which means we need to look outside of our company to understand what's happening in the economy, what's happening. Um, in the political spectrum, what is happening in healthcare? How are people reacting to this? What you know, and then what is happening with respect to commerce and streaming and um, and and so having the skills of a generalist, ability to pull together all of the all of the insights from from these different fields that one has had at, access to at, at some point in their in their college or in their high school years actually does allow you to look at the world holistically and be able to understand a situation and then move forward to make recommendations about what what types of actions a company should take and then that ultimately leads to making decisions so it's very important to have that generalist background i loved what you said to the graduates about grit uh you defined grit as greatness or grace resilience intuition and tenacity. 
how important is grit as we all run this marathon that is living in a pandemic? I believe it's essential. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, if, if you can take on this world one day at a time and, and know that you're, you've got the toughness to be able to persevere through whatever the world is going to throw at you um, in any given day, and I know that's not easy. You know, I know that whether you're a student or a parent or, um, you know, a, a, an employee <laughs> who's who's trying to get through the day, this is not easy. Um, and it's it becomes a survival skill, I think, to be able to have this grit. Um, otherwise, you know, otherwise it, it's just going to be harder and you, you might find yourself in a downward spiral that's going to be harder to get out of. So I think having, you know, all of those characteristics that you just spoke of and I spoke of, uh, I think is the essential survival skill for all of us right now. Mm. Well, I really appreciate your time, Melanie. And I just want to end with asking you, you know, as a fellow parent of a Montrose grad, uh, how do you see a Montrose education playing out as our daughters, your daughter, Lauren, you know, goes out into the world, especially the world we find ourselves in? What is the result of her Montrose education as she takes on more and greater challenges? Uh, such a great question. I think um, the thing that is probably most top of mind right now is that as, as she embarks into this unknown world, um, she does so without her mother worrying, <laughs> which is which is a characteristic of a Montrose education. You send them to college and you don't worry. You send them out into the world and you don't worry. They're going to be fine. Um, it's an exciting time uh, for our, our 2016, now 2020 graduates, as um, you know, my own daughter is is now um, in graduate school and is in the process of getting job offers. Um, so you see that regardless of the path that you ultimately take, um, the Montre you know, having a Montrose education, one will will help put you on a path that is going to be the right fit for you and is going to give you the skills and the confidence uh, and the reflection time and the ability to speak up and advocate for yourself that are going to serve every single student and graduate well, you know, for their whole lives, not just, not just uh, at the end of their college year. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. And I know that, that that benefit of not worrying, that's really priceless. Truly, and, and, you, and you know, I heard it myself when I was still the parent of a student and I didn't quite understand or believe it. But now that I am on the other side, uh, I will reassure the current parents that it, it, it is true. Um, and uh, that it's such a great benefit. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for everything you've shared with our graduates. I know it's going to give them a leg up as they figure out again, the next steps. Of course. Happy to share this time with you, Mary. And now we bring you to the front row of Montrose Commencement 2020, where head of school, Dr. Karen Bolin, introduces Melanie Francis to the graduating class and their guests. It's now my honor to introduce our commencement speaker for the class of 2020. This year's commencement speaker is uniquely qualified to address the graduates in this historic year. Melanie Francis is a living example 
of agility and grace under pressure. As Vice President and Chief of Staff at Akamai, <laughs> Melanie is a key player. Akamai is a global data security corporation that specializes in quickly delivering web content. Broadcasters like CBS send video streams to Akamai, and Akamai is responsible for transmitting those programs around the world. The same technology is at work when someone in Europe wants to download a file or load a web page from the Wall Street Journal. Industry leaders from Charles Schwab to Honda to the US Army rely on Melanie and Akamai to ensure that they keep their networks agile, fast, and secure. As a mother of Ian and Lauren, who is with us today, member of the Montrose class of 2016, she prioritizes family, the pride of her life, while balancing a demanding and meaningful professional life. Melanie and her late husband, John, also a dear friend, an indomitable person, a Montrose Maverick fan par excellence, attended Lauren's soccer, lacrosse, and basketball games, and Melanie accompanied him closely in his battle with cancer and found a way to turn his loss into a legacy for the Mavericks. And we have in our ANA beautiful championship banners and emblazoned on our wall, perseverance, teamwork, sportsmanship, dedication, integrity, and courage, purposefully chosen to reflect John's life and contribution. Melanie Francis is an accomplished leader in the field of tech security, a woman who is clear about her true north and who lives grace and gratitude in her call to greatness. It's my pleasure to welcome Melanie Francis. Thank you, Dr. Bolin, for inviting me and allowing me the privilege to join you in celebrating this very special commencement event. Class of 2020, I'm honored and delighted to be here with you, with Father John, with Chairman Bill Noonan, and with your families today. I'd also like to extend a very special welcome to Lily Wei and Helen Zhang and their families, members of the Montrose class of 2020 who are attending this ceremony virtually from their homes in China, where it's about 10.30 in the evening right now. And let's not forget our fellow Montrosians and our faculty who may not be filling their usual seats this year, but are certainly also with us virtually. The process of getting us all here has not been easy. And yet, this is another act of Montrose's selfless love that we've all come to rely upon. It's what makes this school such a special place. So hats off to everyone in events and planning and the communications team that have brought us this unforgettable moment today. It is somewhat surreal to me to be standing here knowing that only four short years ago, my husband John and I and our family were sitting right here watching our daughter, Lauren. That means that she too is a 2020 graduate. So I know firsthand how different this entire experience has been. Fast forward four years from 2016, after ups, downs, grief, life changes, role changes, navigating a pandemic, and bearing witness to a social, societal reckoning that without a doubt will sear itself in the history of our land, I find myself returning to Montrose commencement with a bit of a different view this time. 
I have the Montrose community to thank for so many things. Holding our family in love and prayer when we needed that so much. And this year becoming the source of the only social events where I'm able to see a large group of people. <laughs> not since Saturday, March 7th, and I'm sure I'm not alone here, have I put on something nice to wear and actually attended an event where I'm able to see more than 10 people at once. And that last time was the celebration of Montrose's 40th anniversary that Sophie also mentioned. So Montrose, you represent nearly 100% of my entire 2020 social calendar. <laughs> In all seriousness, that example is a proof point to a nugget of truth that you should take away with you today. Montrose is a relationship-centered community that will not leave you when you leave here today. And this community extends beyond the lives of you, the graduates, and the rest of the student body. It extends to parents, grandparents, and siblings. Together we form this incredible, ongoing, multi-generational Montrose community, and it's this larger entity of love that has been here for me and will continue to be here for you. So in our time together here today, I'd like to talk about three things. First, let's talk about you, the class of 2020, because that's the reason why we're all here. Next, I'll share some thoughts on coping and navigating through uncertain times by finding and channeling your grit. And then finally, I'll leave you with a, a challenge question to take with you as you contemplate what's next. So today, 2020 graduates, gathered in this place where joy is palpable, Let's embrace our joy. St. Teresa of Calcutta was noted to have said, keep the joy of loving God in your heart and share this joy with all you meet, especially your family. You are here physically and virtually with each other, with family, teachers, advisors who think the world of you and who are showering you with love. Embrace this joy right here in this present moment. We are here to acknowledge the years of effort that you have put forth and to truly celebrate the achievements manifested as a result of your tremendous work inside and outside of the classroom. As Montrose's first graduating class of August, I'm sure that you can feel this transitional moment even more so than graduates of any other year as you find yourself at that unique crossroad where you're able to vividly look back and, re and reflect on all that Montrose has done for you, while also having already entered that mental space where you're ready to march forward to college, to new adventures, and ultimately into a profession. Montrose has cultivated a mindset in you that has prepared you to be the leaders this world desperately needs you to be. And it's time to go out into this world and face these challenges with the virtues you have learned to live and the talents God has given you to hone. As a class and as individuals, I know you're ready to lead the way as you set forth beyond this place of joy to encounter a world undergoing rapid transformation. Why do I know this? Because you are the generation that's been doing this throughout your entire lives. You were among the first babies born into the post 9-11 world. From your vantage point, the changes that emanated from 9-11 have always been your normal. Add to this fact that you are what is known as digital natives, which means you've grown up with devices and the ever-presence of social media for your entire lives. And here now, in your late teens, in the throes of a pandemic, 
you're showing us how quickly you've been able to pivot your learning style to, an, to adapt to an all-digital environment from as far away as China. It's actually comforting to realize that you've always been on the cutting edge of, uh, cutting edge of societal change, because I foresee that journey continuing for you. I think we can look to you as a sign of hope. You and your inherent resilience that has blossomed as a result of, li of a lifetime of rapid change, you are our hope for the world. Don't see 2020 as the year you missed out. No, no. 2020 is your badge of honor. There is no question that this year is going to get its own call-out bubble in the timeline of humanity. If you've ever questioned the benefit of a well-rounded liberal arts education, 2020 has been the year that science and medicine met history, met economics, met public policy, met social justice. What a cacophony of events to show us how these unique disciplines are inextricably linked in reality. And while we absolutely need specialists in all these fields, I must say that it's been easier for me to try to follow along with the skills of a generalist that I gleaned from my own liberal arts education. Montrose has already given you that. And yes, philosophy and comparative politics win again. It's reason number 158 why Mrs. Elrod rocks. <laughs> and if you thought your philosophy and comparative politics class was interesting, just wait for what the class of 2021 has in store. But we're not done with 2020 yet. Very soon, you'll each step out to pioneer and navigate a college experience that will be unique and unorthodox. And then last, and certainly not least, the majority of you will wind down the back half of the year by casting your first official vote in a US presidential election. You and we are never going to forget 2020. And they don't hand out badges of honor for the easy stuff. So how can we navigate through grief and uncertainty with grit? This is a lot to deal with in your late teens. These are trying times, and we are grieving. In some respects, 2020 stripped everything away. The distractions, the rushing, the need to wear anything other than sweatpants, the trappings of consumerism. We continue forward in the absence of the perspective and guidance that Father Dick would have offered us in these historic times. And while I cannot even predict what he would have said, I know that he would have had the perfectly worded phrase or precious gem of guidance that would have settled our hearts in a way that he could only do. I can empathize with the grief that you felt this year, and I'm here to acknowledge that grief is okay. We've all felt it. There's a heaviness to it, which is why, thankfully, it does not have to last a lifetime. So we can sit with it, and we can acknowledge it. We can lean on others when the weight is too heavy to bear alone. And when we're ready, we will emerge from it not instantly, as if turning on a light switch, but more gently, as if watching a sunrise. So how do we emerge from grief? There's a lot of expert advice out there, but I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna spell it out for you. You need to harness your inner grit, your perseverance and passion to overcome the obstacles that might attempt to weigh you down. Let me define my take on grit by spelling it out, G-R-I-T. G, greatness and grace. At Montrose, you've been called to greatness. You've been shown countless examples of what greatness is and what greatness is meant to be.
As you remain, and you remain on that very path to greatness, don't lose sight of that. Aspire to achieve greatness while upholding the virtue of grace, exhibiting kindness and compassion in the grace you give while also being receptive to the gift of, grace, of the grace of God. Remember that the will of God will never take you to where the grace of God will not protect you. R, resilience. This is your inner emotional trampoline, your capacity to bounce back from challenges and setbacks. You are the generation of resilience. I know this is not easy. I also know you've had good practice. Play on that trampoline to sharpen this skill, and it will serve you well. I, intuition. Intuition doesn't get as much credit as it should, but I think it's pretty important. It's that instinctive gut feeling that tells you things outside of your own conscious reasoning, yet is regarded as a legitimate way of knowing by philosophers. I believe that survival skills are built on intuition. Learn to listen to that part of your psyche. Experiment with it. Channel your intuition. Learn to trust it, and it too will serve you well. T, tenacity. This is mind over matter. This is the drive from within that will propel you forward when the rest of you is begging to stop. Capstone taught you tenacity. College admissions taught you tenacity. This is not new, and this is not over. Yes, there will be setbacks. Yes, you will be told no. There are challenges ahead of you that will require reflection. Listen to your heart and your mind and dig deep to seek out the tenacity and the self-confidence that will ultimately pull you through. And then do it again and again and again. And that leaves us with our challenge. Our world today needs empathetic humans. How do you plan to show up? I had the good fortune just this past week to have my company host Martin Luther King III as he spoke to our CEO about diversity, equality, and inclusion. He quoted his father as having said, the ultimate measure of a human being is not where one stands in times of comfort and convenience, but where one stands in times of challenge and controversy. Now is the time for all of us to do that which is good, just, and right. And Martin Luther King III himself said, we have before us the glorious opportunity to inject a new dimension of love into the veins of our civilization. As we eventually emerge from this pandemic, our society will be different. Humanity 2.0, if you will. My advice to you is to question everything. Seek to understand. We have spent so much time honing our rational intelligence, our IQ. Equally as important, yet getting a fraction of the focus is emotional intelligence. EQ. Our workplaces, our community, and our world need high EQ people right now. And whether you realize it or not, the experience that Montrose has given you in your academic IQ formation has been grounded in the development of a high EQ individual. This EQ can become one of your most useful superpowers. Have the courage to, to let in the discomfort and go to uncomfortable places that just don't feel good. Let your virtues guide your conscience and use your critical thinking skills as you listen and process what you're absorbing. Use the skills you've been taught in discourse and debate to thoughtfully and articulately engage. Apply the growth mindset to proceed with the understanding that you might not always be right, but you will always be learning. 
I challenge you to show up courageously with the confident eloquence that makes Montrose graduates so strikingly unique, coupled with the empathy and love for others that this education has so firmly rooted within you. Montrose and your parents have set a high bar for you. So be sure to thank your parents and teachers for everything they've done to support you. Going forward, you will benefit by setting your own bar. And you should not be afraid to do that. Lean into the uncomfortable challenges of larger workloads and new perspectives while at the same time run toward new things that ignite your interests and your passions. Extend your circle of comfort by first peering over the edge and then stepping outside of it. To conclude, in this celebratory moment, within this joyous place, I leave you with the quote that appears below my picture in my own high school yearbook. I share it because the message still holds true today. We are not put on this earth to see through one another, but to see one another through. The world needs you at your greatest, Montrose class of 2020. So go forth with the courage to change, question, listen, reflect, speak, lead, shine, be our hope, see one another through. Thank you, congratulations, and Godspeed. Next up is valedictorian Sarah Ling, who's headed to Williams College this fall. Enjoy hearing Sarah as she waxes philosophical about her academic adventures at Montrose. Most valedictorians speak of fortitude. They speak of grueling hours they spent cramming for exams or the academic struggles they faced. They describe how academic rigor has changed their perspective in life. They make it seem like this position, the same one I am in today, was wrought of iron and steel, <laughs> that it was truly hard work. Visualizing all the great Montrosians floating before me on clouds, praising this cold system, I never thought I would be here. Oh, stop, I know what you're all thinking. Most of you out there probably rolled your eyes straight out of your heads and thought, oh no, another humble know-it-all. Well, no, sir, <laughs> I actually meant it. This was truly a surprise. And this is because I never did that hard work shenanigan. Don't believe me? Just ask my classmates. Before every test, there's an infamous five-minute wait outside the room. Sophie's creating a crazy diagram on the wall. Bella's rewriting all the information in her perfect penmanship. Normally, six people are dissecting a well-worn textbook for the last tidbits of information. A whole clan hovers over Devon's open MacBook, featuring a Quizlet Mary McMammon made last night. <laughs> Maria Lennon is praying for all of our poor lost souls out there. And Lily and Anna, well, they're recounting the hours of studying they did the night before, so they, in fact, do not have to go through this last five-minute rush. <laughs> Celia holds a large coffee. Like, a large... There it is right now! Look at it! It's right there! A large coffee! <laughs> and Soup is having a pleasant doze in the corner. <laughs> when somebody asks, Hey, Sarah, how did you prepare for this test? And I'm sure every one of you can quote these three words. I'm winging it. <laughs> Normally after this bold statement, I get lanced with all those sword eyes in all directions, but how can I not tell the truth? 
Aside from that once in a blue moon rote memorization quiz about important dates in European history, I truly have won most of my tests. And tests lead to GPA, and GPA leads to here. So how? Is there a miscalculation? Have all the past valedictorians been lying to you with conspiracies of hard work and fortitude? Have I been lying to myself? In junior year, we went on a retreat called the Junior Journey. And aside from throwing Claire Giudini, our beloved teacher, into the mud, uh, we also wrote letters to our senior selves. I remember racking my good old noggany noodles, trying in vain to summon some sort of something about, oh, how great it is to be a senior. But as I reread it, I thoroughly shocked myself. And it said, dear future Sarah, you are a natural performer. Oh, why thank you, Sarah, in the past. No problem, Sarah, in the future. No, really, you shouldn't have. No, really, I must. You are such a natural performer that you make everything seem easy, but that is not true. You have worked tirelessly for these past seven years. I was shook. My old thoughts proved to be paradoxical to my way of living. Was 11th grade Sarah right? Who was I, a carefree scholar skipping through life, or a stressed out workaholic masquerading before everyone, including myself? We all wrote letters that day. Did your past self help you rethink your present? Having wrought myself upon the rack for months, finally, when I was taking a bath, which is my creative thinking space, as well as Archimedes, I had my eureka moment. To me, studying was not work. Yes, I guess it is work, but hard, painful, tortuous work? Nah. Therefore, to me, it wasn't studying at all. I mean, studying sounds like a contraction between student and dying. <laughs> and I just didn't feel that. I saw the beauty and the truth dancing together in everything. It was something I admired at, something I looked at and peered at with wide eyes before it's 3.15 and all the magic was gone. And if you walk into class every day with the mindset that what you are about to see is truly a piece of art, then trust me, you won't forget it. And if you don't forget it, that knowledge becomes a part of who you are. History has always been hard for me. I did not see much importance in men constantly killing each other over and over again. But somehow, somehow Montrose changed that. I don't really remember how Mrs. Forsgaard driving stick shift related to European history, but hearing her firsthand accounts of her friend coming from East Germany, stopping in at a grocery store and saying, wow, I forgot there was supposed to be food in grocery stores, really opened my eyes to the applications of the not-so-dead nor so old history. And just like that, something completely uninteresting to me became a reality, beautiful and true. In some classes, it is truly hard to find that zing, so you do with all you can in your power to make it brilliant. Together, we have performed eight Shakespeare plays. Together, we have used integrals to rotate functions around axes, making them beautiful shapes. We have shot Nerf guns at pendulums to discover the principle of momentum. We have drawn pictures and played charades to remember vocab words. We have eaten, stolen, and given potato chips to live out Aristotle's levels of virtue. We have made boats. And we've had Soup's dog float on said boats. 
All this to say, if you are suffering while you are learning, you are doing it wrong. So where does that leave us? If you've been participating in your Saturday evening doze right now, it's time to wake up. <laughs> Not only am I almost done with my speech, but the ceremony is almost over. Okay. I didn't come here to boast about my first class plane ticket throughout all of high school. I came here to encourage you, my friends. So here, in January, everyone praised our 2020 vision. Wow, you must have a great vision. You must see so clearly. You have a great perspective into the future. Well, yes, but none of that matters unless you're looking for something. So, search for beauty and search for truth. Now, I'm thankful that Montrose has made the search a lot easier. But in your next place, in the moments before a new test, if you've learned your facts throughout the pursuit of beauty and truth, it will feel as if you did not drag yourself through the mud, and yet you'll be prepared for whatever may come. The finding of beauty and the finding of truth will satisfy your soul. And when you find the ultimate beauty and the ultimate truth together as one, you, my dear friends, you found God. So, class of 2020, wake up and smell the roses. The search has only just begun. The connections we have made here will last a lifetime. I have befriended women who will become doctors, businesswomen, engineers, politicians, and amazing mothers whose compassion and integrity will change our world. Lastly, we'll hear from salutatorian Sophie Cocho, headed to Harvard University this fall. Sophie highlights her favorite Montrose memories and what really matters as she and her classmates look ahead to their next adventures. Good morning, everyone. I feel blessed to have the opportunity to speak in front of you all today. I'm incredibly grateful to everybody that worked to make this a real live event where we can all be here today. But I would be lying if I said I didn't miss my sweatpants. If you attended the Montrose Gala this year, you undoubtedly remember Emily Nelson and Sarah Lang's breathtaking performance of Rise Up by Andra Day. Andra Day. What you may not have noticed, however, is the group of 10 or so seniors watching from the balcony. We stood there, huddled together, awash with pride for our classmates, our eyes suspiciously shiny, fervently whispering, this is so beautiful. <laughs> Emily sang about overcoming challenges and how all we need is hope, and for that we have each other. We did not yet realize how significant her words would become. Anabaki Aki leaned into me and said, I live for moments like these. <laughs> I chuckled, and at the time, I failed to appreciate the raw depth and honesty of her words, which I have now come to admire. A couple weeks ago, I was at my cottage in Canada when a huge storm hit. 
At 3 a.m., I glanced outside, awakened by an explosive thunderclap, to see lightning illuminating the pine trees, the boats, and the lake in stark clarity. The next morning, that moment niggled at the back of my mind. That sudden clarity amidst a storm felt hauntingly familiar. When the corona storm hit, it illuminated pieces of our lives that we may not have otherwise appreciated. It is times of hardship that help, help us recognize what it is and who it is that truly matter. In times of uncertainty, it is important to lean on the things you can be certain of. Your friends, your mentors, your family, your faith. These turbulent times have reminded me to trust in God. Before Montrose, God didn't seem like somebody you could lean on. Nothing changed that faster, though, than Father Dick's advice to just treat him like he's your best friend. Tell him everything, everything. What makes you happy, what makes you sad, everything. This lesson was like Father Dick's Skittles. Simple, but bursting with flavor. We will carry it with us for the rest of our lives. We would not be where we are, however, without our teachers and mentors. Montrose faculty put their hearts and souls into cultivating confident young women. We are in debt to teachers who dedicate hours to prep work for a totally new AP exam in the time of corona, to teachers who summon us into their office to ask, how are you, and how they truly care about how you answer. To the teacher who pushes us to say it like a warrior, knowing that we are uncomfortable, but how empowered we will feel when we do. And to the teachers who laugh with us at our slip-ups, like assuming that Dorian Gray had a golden toilet seat rather than a golden toilet set. <laughs> teachers, you have helped shape who we are and who we will become. You have supported us through failures and through triumphs. Thank you. Families. Thank you for your sacrifices and for your love. I think of these moments, and this is what I realize. Don't wait for a corona storm's thunder and lightning to make you appreciate them. Be an Anabakiaki. Take a step back, absorb, and be grateful. However, if something like a corona storm, a corona storm does hit and you feel lost, remember that you are a woman called to greatness and loved by many. Remember the foundation that your mantra's experience has given you. Allow it to guide you. Mrs. Chris thoughtfully said of our class, what they have that no one can take away is this rich sense of the type of person they want to be. Even if they don't know what they want to be, they know who they want to be, and that's going to make everything else a little bit easier. To end with a last little bit of lightning. Yesterday was my dad's birthday. Um, I was explicitly told not to say anything at the reception afterwards, so I didn't. I just mentioned to a couple of my friends, like, hey guys, it's Keith's birthday today, you know? <laughs> and unbeknownst to me, they organized a way to sing happy birthday to him in front of everybody. I got a little teary-eyed because this mo I realized in that moment that this mo that moment was just so our class so willing to look a little stupid, be a little silly, to make somebody else happy. It was a bittersweet moment, though, because I also realized that I wouldn't have those moments with you girls for the next 
few years or years every day like I have for the past six years. This year, we won't know every teacher's name. We won't have a family to, to hug us at the end of a tough day. We might feel like we need it a little bit more than our strong, confident selves. That's when we must remember that wherever we are, we have what matters most. Our faith, our mentors, our families, and our friends. Montrose Class of 2020, congratulations. I love you girls. I'm your host, Mary Cahill Farella, and I'd like to thank our special guest, Melanie Francis, as well as our student speakers, Sarah Ling and Sophie Cocho. Also, a special note of congratulations to the class of 2020 as you join the ranks of Montrose alumni. We can't wait to see what you do with the power of a Montrose education. Thanks for joining us for this unique celebration of Commencement 2020. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Montrose Podcast. Please subscribe so that you'll be the first to know about future episodes and share the podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to donate to Montrose Podcast, your gift will go directly to tuition assistance, a critical part of our mission to keep a Montrose education accessible. Thank you for doing your part to plant the seeds of lifelong Montrose friendships and ensure that each Montrose graduate takes with her a life compass to navigate the challenges beyond Montrose and seize opportunities to shape our changing world.